New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today, I'm hosting Shiv Singh. He is the co-author with his wife, Dr. Rohini Luthra of Savvy, Navigating Fake Companies, Fake Leaders, and Fake News in the Post-Trust Era. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Shiv, what I learned from this book is that We may think that we're thinking objectively, but, you know, you have said that there is a naive realism and that we really may not be aware of our own biases. And you say being well-informed is no magic bullet. And I remember thinking, oh, dear, and I'm hoping that I'm thinking I'm well-informed. So what do you say? What's your comment about that? Yes, I have to admit, after having written this book, I'm a much more humble person than I was before I wrote it. And one of the things we discovered when we wrote this book is, firstly, of course, that there's all kinds of fakeness in the world. And we also saw that there are these seminal psychology studies that we can use to explain the fakeness and how to overcome it in the future, to strengthen ourselves, to be more savvy. One of those studies is all about naive realism. And what it means is that we always believe that we know more and we are more right than anyone else around us. And the researcher who studied this phenomenon first explained it, studied Israelis and Palestinians looking at video clips. And what he saw was that the more informed someone was on a subject, on that you know, that tense Israel-Palestinian issue, the more informed he was, the more likely he was to be wrong because his biases were even more entrenched. He had such great confidence in what he thought was correct that he would miss a lot of other things and would be less open to other opinions. That's fascinating. So what can we do to alleviate that? First and foremost, it's massively important to just be aware of what can be happening. If there's something that we consider ourselves to be experts in, there's also greater likelihood for us to fall into traps around it. So just firstly having an awareness of it. The second is, in anything we do, we should always look for multiple sources of information, multiple places or points of validation, whether it's with other people or, you know, Ask people who aren't necessarily experts, but who just have good common sense what they think, what their point of view is. We also must keep in mind that the way the world works is, even though we may know something for a long time, it doesn't mean it's always true and it can change. And the most well-informed people are often the ones who have such a deep base of knowledge that they're going back into history again and again to explain something, 
even if that thing might have changed. And that's where we have to be careful. We have to refresh and seek out new evidence again and again. And we don't do that enough. I don't know what you think about this, but if I'm really passionate about something, to maybe look more deeply, because there may be that I'm only looking at some certain aspect and not seeing the whole landscape. Without a doubt, what leads to the naive realism is what's called selective perception. The more we get into a particular subject, we start to self-select information and facts that agree with our opinions and then never have a truly comprehensive view on it. So yes, it happens a lot. The more passionate we are about something, maybe the more clinical we should try and flip it and become so that we do truly stay objective. So, Shiv, how can we become more alert to not falling prey to this fakeness that's pervasive in the media today? There are a lot of different strategies and tactics that we talk about in the book. Some of them are the fundamentals of always looking for many different sources, having a diverse set of opinions, seeking out the opposing point of view, checking the facts in the story, the tone, who the authors, the publisher, how they funded, all of those. But probably my favorite technique is what is referred to as inoculation theory. And that is similar to the way we inoculate ourselves from diseases. There are things we can do to inoculate ourselves from fake news so that we're training ourselves with just a tiny bit of fake news to know how to recognize it and discard it quickly so that we don't keep falling prey to it again and again. I keep a grid with me when I'm watching the news, and it's called a media bias chart. And it shows all the different media and which ones are far to the left or which ones are far to the right or which ones are more in the middle and more balanced and so forth. And uh, what do you have to say about that? I love the media bias chart. And I think knowing the publisher and where they sit on a bias spectrum is massively important. And the media bias chart, which Vanessa has created, and I know her a little bit, does that amazingly well. So that's very important because it also leads to another key point, which is in life, everything has bias. That's not a bad thing. We just need to be cognizant of it. When I watch Fox News, I need to know their bias. When I watch MSNBC, I need to know their bias. So that awareness is very important. There are a lot of websites that can also help. So for example, whether it is owlfactor.com that on a particular story presents five different angles into that story. Spell that for us. What? Owl as in the night bird, O-W-L, factor, F-A-C-T-O-R.com. That's one of them. What they do is they'll publish a news story, but they'll also publish the five or ten different versions of it from different online publishers. So you can read the story from different angles all in one place. That's very useful. Without a doubt. Another example is what factcheck.org does, which is they'll take you know, the news of the day and they'll tell you what is really factual and what is not factual. Snopes.com does that really effectively. And that's S-N-O-P? Yes. Yes. Another is truthorfiction.com. So the good news is 
they're tools to help us in this war against fakeness that we can depend on. But you're saying we need to be proactive then. Without a doubt, I think fundamentally, as does my co-author Rohini, that we carry responsibility, we need to develop our own media literacy, and we need to seek out fact-based information, evidence-driven information, and learn how to inoculate ourselves and stay clear from all the fakeness around. And not only taking it in and understanding the difference, then we need to be active in doing something about it. Is that, would you suggest? Well, there are a couple of things. Firstly, just by virtue of the time we live in and social media, each and every one of us are like many uh, media companies. So we have to be careful that what we share online is fact-driven so that we're not becoming... um, Uh, be complicit in the sharing of fake news. So we have to be very careful about what we share and what we talk about. And you also point out in the book that it's not the bots that are sharing all this fake news. It's really, we are unwittingly doing it ourselves. Yes, without a doubt. And this is this wonderful research from MIT. We, without realizing it, are as much to blame as anyone else. So if we're receiving something that seems too good to be true, so to speak, or maybe sensational or something, would you suggest that we go to one of those sites like Snopes.com or the other ones, factcheck.com, to see what they have to say about it before we pass it on? Yes, without a doubt. I think that's one thing to do. The second thing, which is the first baby step, is don't just read the headline. Read the article. Read what it says before you share it. Look and see who the author is. See, has that author written on that subject before? Is that author an expert? Look at the publisher, the magazine, or the broadcaster, maybe with that media bias chart and see where they sit on that bias spectrum. Reflect and think, how are you interpreting that news? What are your own prejudices or biases or human glitches, which we talk all about in the book, could be affecting how you're reading a particular sentence or a headline? And this is where we have to train ourselves and develop our own inoculation so that we don't fall for it again and again. And to know that we do have a tendency to be very comfortable with our media silos, that we always go to this place for our news. And so you're saying to give ourselves the opportunity to hear another viewpoint. And I know that that's true for me. I go to that media bias chart. And when I hear something, sometimes I will go to an opposite side of the chart to find out, well, I wonder what they're saying about this, as hard as that is for me, because I'm so comfortable in the one that I love. Without a doubt, we have to engage with opposing sides. We have to have those conversations, allow for a bit of discomfort when we're disagreeing with someone, but hopefully be able to do it in a way with civility so that we still don't end up in uh, fistfights but instead both take away something from a conversation where we're coming at the subject with different points of view. And in those conversations, if we're not open to really hearing what the other has to say, we might as well just be two tape recorders talking to each other, and nothing is going to happen if we don't really receive 
what the other is saying, and we don't kind of stand in their shoes and see it in their way first. Without a doubt. And our ability to do that, to be in another person's shoes and to see the world from their perspective, is what separates us from primitive animals, makes us more human, that makes us such an advanced society, that makes us with all these wonderful scientific and technological progress over the decades and centuries, it's because we would take what we know, we would get input from elsewhere, and then we just keep building on each other. If we lose sight of that and stop engaging in debate, stop trying to learn from each other, we'll be back in the dark ages all over again. Well, I just want to encourage listeners to pick up the book, Savvy, Navigating Fake Companies, Fake Leaders, and Fake News in a Post-Trust Era. And like me, I think your eyes will be open to your own biases. I mean, my eyes were open to my biases. And as you started off this interview, that you've been humbled by your own research. Yes, it's been a wonderful growing experience. Well, I want to thank you so much for being with us on the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you for having me, Justine. I've been speaking with Shiv Singh, and he spells his last name S-I-N-G-H, Shiv Singh. And along with his wife, Dr. Rohini Luthra, they are the co-authors of Savvy, Navigating Fake Companies, Fake Leaders, and Fake News in a Post-Trust Era. And if you want to know more about the work of Shiv, you can go to his website, SavvyMatters.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, NewDimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe. And I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.